Well, welcome everybody to Northside on Easter weekend. My name's Nate, one of the pastors here, and I want to welcome you. And like Jacob said and Kyle said, this is just a thrill to be together. And can we just thank the Lord one more time that we get to be live together in this room? And uh, this is a joy. Literally today feels, and yesterday feels a little bit like a family reunion for me. For some of you, it's your first time here ever, and it is a thrill to get to meet you. For some of you, uh, it is literally yesterday, I got to meet a handful of people that I have not got to see for an entire year just because of the pandemic. And it is just an incredible moment when the church gets to get back together to worship and to celebrate. And one of the things that we are so committed to is this, we want you to really experience being a part of the family of God. And next weekend, we've started something new. It's called Discover Northside. And it's at 9.45 on Sunday morning. It's free, you can sign up, be a part of that. Uh, And this is if maybe you're new and you wanna find out more, or if you've been here for a while, you've been watching online, it's been amazing during this pandemic. We've started having people come to church here went, you know what? I've never even been. I've just watched you all online this last year. This is my first time here. And we want you to be a part of God's family. We want you to walk in that. You can sign up, be a part of that. I'll be there. A number of our staff will be there. We would love to meet you, hear your story. And next weekend, we're going to kick off a new series called Identity Theft. And it's about five lies that all of us believe about our identity. Jesus says this about Satan. He is a deceiver. And here's the deal is this. Oftentimes, we don't know the lies that we've actually bought into. And next weekend, we're going to begin to recover what Jesus wants us to recover in our identity. I want to invite you and any of your friends or family to be a part of this. Uh, But if uh, if you see me doing this a lot, I know people make fun of me for doing that. They're like, oh, this is what you do when you get real nervous out there. If you see me doing this a lot, it's because I've been looking forward to this weekend for a long time. A long time. Last Easter, I had to preach right into that camera, right? And I had no idea who was even listening. And so to make up for that, I'm going to preach two sermons today. And uh, you're going to be double blessed. Everybody's like, that doesn't sound like a blessing. Just joking, right? No, 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 that. Actually, it's going to be a little bit shorter today because I know we got kids in the room. But I've been looking forward to this weekend. Our staff, our team, our worship team, our creative team, we have been looking forward to this weekend just like you all have. But you know what's interesting about Easter? That at the first Easter, nobody was looking forward to it. Think about it. At the first Easter, we all look forward to Easter, don't we? For some of you who like peeps, God bless you, right? You look forward to Easter. For some of you, I can't wait to spend time with my family tomorrow. We're gonna have brunch. I look forward to that at Easter. I always look forward to this. But at the first Easter, none of Jesus' followers looked forward to it. And you know why? Because they didn't think they had anything to look forward to. At the first Easter, they thought it was all over, that there wasn't any reason to come together. There wasn't any reason to celebrate. I love what Pastor Andy Stanley says he says. He said, at Easter, he said, nobody expected nobody. Then nobody expected nobody in the tomb. And so here's where I want to go for us today. I, I don't know if you've grown up in church, maybe your first time. I just want us to do this today. I just want us to discover Easter today. I'm talking about the nitty gritty. I'm talking about all the emotions of Easter. Maybe you've not heard this story before, but, but the power of Easter is this. It includes every emotion possible at the story of Easter. Matter of fact, look how the story of Easter starts in Luke chapter 24, verse one. It says, on the first day of the week, talking about Sunday, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. Now, you would get spices together to go and anoint a body, but you would also take spices to the tomb 
Because what would happen is this, the body would really decay in the tomb. A year later, you would come back and you would box up the bones and stash it away so another family member can come into the tomb. And so you would put spices around the body because you knew this person was going to be dead forever. And how you see Easter starting is this. You see women going to the tomb with spices full of grief and despair. See, Easter doesn't start with honey-baked ham. Praise the Lord, though, right? Love me some honey-baked ham. Love me some Easter food. Here's what we need to understand about Easter. Easter actually starts in our defeat. See, this is why Easter means so much. This is why when you watch a movie, things start out good, things go bad, and then we long and we're waiting for that redemption. See, at Easter, the women in verse 20, in chapter 24, verse 1, they went to the tomb expecting things to go wrong. In verse 10, we find out who these women are. It was Mary Magdalene, who Jesus had cast seven demons out of. In her life, she had finally found freedom, and now her freedom had died. There was, it says Mary, the mother of James, was there. And at that time, a lot of women didn't have any power. Matter of fact, they, they couldn't really be a valid testimony. They couldn't vote. Oftentimes, they couldn't own property. And Mary experienced the power of Jesus in her life, and now her power was dead. It said Joanna in verse 10, who was healed by Jesus, was part of the women who went to the tomb. And it also says she was a woman of influence, and now when Jesus died, so did her influence. These women, their freedom, their power, their influence was all gone. See, this is how Easter starts. It starts in our defeat. Can we be just pretty open and honest with one another right now? Our souls are weary after this year, isn't it? I mean, we don't even have to bring up any topics. I just know this. Even though I might get eight hours of sleep at night, I wake up and my soul is tired. This has been an unbelievable year. For some of you, I've talked to some of people here already tonight. Some people just experienced a heart attack two weeks ago and they're here at church tonight. Some of you, you've lost family members this year. Some of you, you've been laid off. Some of you, your job's been reduced and you're trying to come in here with a smile because it's Easter. I just gotta let you know, Easter actually started in our defeat and so Easter says you come right as you are in here. For some of you college students, you had a job lined up and I've talked to some of you and when the pandemic hit, they called back and said, we don't have a job for you anymore. For some of you in high school, you were accepted or maybe you didn't get accepted into the college that you wanted to. Yesterday on my phone, it popped up just as a reminder. It was seven years ago that my wife had her first miscarriage. And I went, odd the timing to be reminded about that on Good Friday. See, Easter starts in our defeat, but here's the good news. When the women went to the tomb, look what they experienced. It says in verse two, they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. They went to the tomb in their defeat with spices, thinking all of life is over. But when they went to the, they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes, angels, gleamed like lightning, stood beside them. And in their fright, the women bowed down with their faces on the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? 
He is not here. Jesus has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and on the third day raised again. Then they remembered his words. See, here's the beautiful thing about Easter. Easter starts in our defeat, but it ends with our victory. That today you may have come in here defeated, this year may have beat you down. And the good news is this, that the grave is empty. And Jesus says to us, why are you looking for the living among the dead? Because I am not there. Whatever you are facing, I have overcome. You put your hope in me. This is the good news of Easter today. That no matter what you and I are facing, we have a Savior who has overcome it Now, when I was reading this, I've read this passage before, but I was taken back this Easter when I was reading it. You know what just caught my eye? It said, when the women showed up, when they saw that the, the stone was rolled away from the tomb, you know what it said that they did? They entered in the tomb. That's some, that's some courage, women. I'd be like, uh, I got the wrong address. All right, next tomb, right? Let, let's walk on down there because I think Jesus was in there and the tomb's, you know, empty. I, I ain't going in there. And it said, the women entered in. I love a pastor I heard say this one time. He said, God didn't just roll the stone away so that Jesus could get out. God rolled the stone away so that you and I can step in. He didn't make an empty tomb for himself. He made an empty tomb for you and I to recognize that the the defeat you and I carry, the hurt and the sin and the frustration and the pain will not end with us, but he has overcome it all. And it was in that empty tomb, the women in their defeat were visited by the angel. And I love this scenario that they come in with spices and spices were meant to cover up the smells of the tomb. And what happened that day was this, they realized they didn't need to cover up anything else now in their life. That they could bring their life to Jesus and say, Jesus, you have saved me. Jesus, you have the one way for me to be set free. See, actually, this is why the church meets on Sunday. If you ever wonder why the church meets on Sundays, because that was the day Jesus was raised. And the early church knew this. Every time they meet, every time they would walk into the room together, they would know this. Hey, remember, the reason why we meet on Sundays is because Jesus is alive. So whatever I'm facing, that's not the end. Even if I'm facing death, Jesus conquered death. And now, even if I may face death, I don't have to fear death. All I have to do is fear the Lord because he will either heal me here or he will heal me in heaven. Either way, I'm getting healed. Praise God. See, this is the joy of the resurrection. It makes us be able to be people who are free in this world. Too many times this has been the mistake I grew up with. I thought believing in Jesus only gave me eternal life when I was dead. When I believe in Jesus, he gave me eternal life now. To live in this world now. This is why the angel said this. Hey, remember how he told you? Hey, remember this? Remember how he said he had to be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again? See, today we need to discover the the resurrection. We need to discover Easter. But here's the other thing. We need to remember Easter. We need to remember what Christ did for us. We need to remember that he went to the cross to take away our sins, to free us, to give us a new way to live, not just from our sins, but from the sin that has been done to us. I know you guys are probably familiar with the word excruciating. 
Do you know that the word excruciating actually came from the Roman Empire and it came because of crucifixion? Literally, the word excruciating means this, out of the cross. Ex, out of, excruciate, the cross. Out of the cross. The cross was the most brutal, torturous way to die. See, here's the problem. Oftentimes, we forget what Christ has done for us. This is why we take communion every week, because you know why? We can never forget what Christ has done for us. Man, this is our life. This is the way that we thrive. This is the way that we move forward. This is the way we get past hurt. I remember uh, one of the most meaningful times I was reminded of the crucifixion. I, I was actually watching the movie Inside Out by Pixar. Anybody remember that movie? Some of you are like, you're a weird man. Yes, I am, all right? You're like, how does that relate to Jesus at all? Well, I didn't see it coming. In the movie, if you know anything about the movie, it's about these four emotions, joy, sadness, anger, and fear that control this little girl's emotions. Well, what happens in the movie is this. Joy and sadness get sucked up into the tube and they move into the memories of this girl and they're no longer controlling her emotions. And the whole premise of the movie is this, to try to get joy and sadness back to this little girl because if they don't make it back to her emotions, she'll never have joy again in her life. And the whole journey of the movie is this, of Inside Out, they're trying to get back and I'm watching it, you know, I got my kids there and I'm like, just hurry up Pixar, right? You know, it's like, let's go. Until this one scene happened, joy and sadness run into a character named Bing Bong. And I love this scene, man. And Bing Bong is this little girl's imaginary friend. They're walking through the memories and so Bing Bong's like, I'm going to help you get back to the emotions where you need to get to because this little girl needs joy again in her life. Except along the way, something happens. Joy and Bing Bong fall into this pit where memories go to be forgotten, that they go to fade away forever. And now the tension of the movie is this. If joy doesn't get out of this pit, this little girl will never have joy again in her life. In this scene, I'm like, okay, Pixar, you get my attention now. I'm watching this. In this scene, Bing Bong finds a wagon and he tries to go down this hill to get out of this pit that they're, that they're stuck in. And if they don't get out, they're both going to be forgotten. And a couple times and they can't get out. They can't get out of this pit. And finally, on the last try, they go down. And on the last try, they ramp up and they get out of the pit. And Joy is on top of the mountain celebrating. We made it. And she turns around because Bing Bong is celebrating. You did it. And at the last second, Bing Bong bailed off of the wagon so Joy could get out of the pit. And Bing Bong sat down there in the pit going, you made it, Joy, go back to her. And as he's celebrating, he starts disappearing. I'm not crying, you're crying, right? You know, this is what I have, like, darn you, Pixar! I was just reminded there in the movie theater, literally across the street, Jesus, you stepped in to my pit. You didn't ask me to get out of my pit. You stepped out of heaven and you stepped in to our world. And at the cross, at the cross, you gave us a way out. You gave us a way to experience joy again in this world. See, this is why the angels are saying you need to remember Easter. But here's the thing. We just can't remember Easter. We need to live Easter. 
we can't just celebrate this one time a year. Man, I'm thrilled to death that you are here. I love it. But here's the thing. If this is all Christianity is to you, it will be a very thin experience. See, the power of the resurrection is to be lived. When Jesus stepped out, the new creation began. And the women, they go into that tomb with defeat. They remember Easter and then they run out. It says this in verse 9. It said, when they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the 11 and to all the others. They started living the resurrection. They were going, oh my goodness, my life has changed. I went there in defeat. And this is what it says in verse 10. It says, it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. They were fired up. Jesus isn't dead. Why are we looking for the living among the dead? He's alive. Everything has changed. Verse 11, but they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. One more reminder why women, oftentimes you are smarter than men, all right, right here, right? You're like, if you just would have listened to me. See, what happens a lot of times, we get defeated today because we want to go and we share Christ. And when we go and share Christ, people just look at us like, you all have lost your ever-loving minds. See, this is why we need to remember Easter. Because when you and I are living the resurrection, when you and I are inviting people to church, when you and I are loving people and they are not thankful at all, you need to remind yourself that at the very beginning, people doubted and questioned Jesus. And I want to let you know today, if you have doubts and you're a skeptic, I want to let you know, you'll see this in the life of Jesus. You are more than welcome here. Your questions are more than welcome here. And we want to walk with you. But see, this is what they experienced and oftentimes we experience that the people don't believe this. And I just want to just share this a little bit. There's just some historical proof here real quick. You know, because sometimes this isn't just a feel-good story. Really, there, are, there is historical proof about Jesus' resurrection. One is this, that God would choose to have women share the message of Jesus. That's not an insult. What I'm saying is this, God knew Women could not give valid testimony. And you know what God said? He goes, I'm so powerful. I'm going to have women testify first on my behalf. We stand here today proclaiming Jesus because women actually believed in the resurrection. They saw the empty tomb. See, this is, this is historical proof. Not only that, we have eyewitness accounts, people who have documented this in the scriptures. Peter, James, John, Matthew, Luke, the apostle Paul meets Jesus later on, and he shares in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 that over 500 people saw Jesus. Roman historians, Josephus, Tacitus, Lucian, they write about Jesus. The Talmud, Jewish literature, references this. See, this isn't just a Bible thing and a weird book thing. This is a historical thing. Matter of fact, Chuck Colson, who was a part of Richard Nixon's cabinet, who got arrested because he was a part of Watergate, gets sent to prison. And while he's serving time in prison for Watergate, becomes a Christian, is a wise man, begins to study apologetics and starts a ministry sharing Christ even through prison and after prison. And listen what he says about the resurrection. He says this, he says, I know the resurrection is a fact and Watergate proved it to me. Interesting comment. He said, how? He said, because 12 men testified, they had seen Jesus raised from the dead. Then they proclaimed that truth for 40 years, never once denying it. Every single one of them was beaten, tortured, and put into prison. They would not have endured that if it weren't true. 
Watergate embroiled 12 of the most powerful men in the world, and they couldn't keep alive for three weeks. You're telling me 12 apostles could keep alive for 40 years? Absolutely impossible. Impossible. See, this isn't just a feel-good story. This is historical truth that we need. Heard a quote, I love it. It said this, when we become Christians, we're Easter Sunday people living in a Good Friday world. This is why a lot of times the world doesn't recognize what Christ is doing in us and why people look at us and they don't believe it or they see it and they doubt it because we're Easter Sunday people in a Good Friday world. This is why next weekend, Serve Day, and this is why we believe the best way that we could celebrate the weekend after Easter is to go live the resurrection of Easter. Is to go serve. See, one of the best things about the resurrection is this. It makes your work and your passions and your gifts actually matter. This is what Jesus was overcoming. This is what Jesus was doing. He was saying, no, I want you to live out your calling. I want you to experience the gifts that I've given you. It's called the gifts of the Spirit. That we begin to display God's glory through our gifting. That we would be mindful of the widow and the orphan. That we would feed those hungry around the world. And here's what happened. As they come back, it says this. That the people, they didn't believe in them because of their words seemed like nonsense. But listen what it says in verse 12. Peter, however, Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. He gets up. Everybody else is going, that doesn't sound like that's real. But Peter gets up and he runs to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves and he went away wondering to himself what had happened. You know why I think Peter got up and ran to the tomb? Because that first Easter started in defeat. But what he experienced by that empty tomb was his victory. Today's Saturday. Think about what Peter was experiencing on that Saturday between the crucifixion and the resurrection. You ever have that time where you mess up so bad, all you can do is keep playing back your mistakes? How do you think that Saturday was like for Peter? God, what have I done? I denied the man who changed my life. I think the reason why he got up and ran to the tomb was he couldn't carry his defeat. And he needed to put it somewhere. And Jesus says, you know where you can put your defeat and your failure? You can put it in the empty tomb. Because I've defeated your sin and your failure. See, this is why all of us need this Easter today. This is why all of us need the resurrection. This is why Peter that day and our challenge for us today is this. To believe that the resurrection is our new normal. That day, Peter needed a new normal. Are you all sick and tired of hearing that word new normal yet? Right? And here's why. You ready? Because we all are longing for a new normal. For some of you, you go, no, 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 Nate, you don't understand. I don't want a new normal. I want to go back to normal. 
But we know, chances are, we won't go back to the way things were. For some of you, you were looking for a new normal before COVID. You wanted a new normal. What's interesting this week, I didn't know this till this week. Unbelievable. I had a friend share this with me. We were just chatting about it. He said, if you guys return back to normal, I'm like, not really. He said, uh, he goes, you know what is interesting about that word normal? I said, what? He said, that word normal actually didn't come into our vocabulary until the late 1800s. Do you know that? And it's a carpentry word. Carpenters use the word normal. And here's why. In the late 1800s, carpenters would get together and this is how they could determine if boards were normal. They would put them together and if it made a 90 degree angle, they would go, these boards are normal. Or what they would say is this, if it didn't measure 90 degrees, they would say these boards are not normal. You wanna know why we long for a new normal? Because we're measuring our life against the wrong things. And we can't get things squared up in our life. And here's the good news today. There's this carpenter who went to the cross for you. And he didn't just go to the cross, he died and rose again so that your life and my life could be squared away with our heavenly father for eternity, for eternity. Today, where do you need the carpenter to make things right for you? Why are you looking for the living among the dead? Because he's not here. He has what? He's risen. He's risen. Here in a moment, I'm going to pray for us. We're going to sing one closing song. And during the song, this is going to be my ask for you. For some of you today, you go, you know what? I might not be ready to make a decision, but I want to begin a conversation at least about this Jesus. I just simply want to invite you, whether you wanted to start a conversation If you want to talk with somebody today right after service, I'm going to invite you to go out to the living room in our lobby, talk with somebody. Or if you just want to literally during the song, just text the word accept to 81411. We'll give you information about baptism. If you're going, no, Nate, I don't need a conversation. I need to get baptized. I need to set up a time. You can do the same on that. But maybe during this time, during the song, you're going, no, Nate, I got baptized a long time ago. I became a believer a long time ago. During the song, while we sing, here's... Here's my ask of you today, that you would just pray this simple prayer. God, would you show me where I'm looking for the living among the dead? Because I can't carry this anymore. And you let the King of glory do a work in your heart today. Why don't you stand and pray with me right now? We'll sing this last song and celebrate our Savior together. Father, we thank you for your good news. We thank you that, Jesus, you invite us to bring all that we are, God, all that we're carrying into this room to you. 
Because, Father, there are so many things that we can't handle. And, God, we're trying to fix. We're trying to duct tape. We're trying to cover up. We're trying to plug together. And, God, our lives are exhausting. And so, Holy Spirit, right now, I just pray for everybody who's in this room, in our Centrum video venue and online, Jesus, right now, today. For those who need to give their lives to you, And Father, for those of us who need to give you areas and things in our life that, God, we need you to save us from. Jesus, right now, as our risen King, we give you our lives and we look for the one who is alive. And we pray all of this in your name, Jesus. And everybody said together, amen.